welcome to Costly Conversations. I'm super excited because we have the one and only Rhonda Ezel with us tonight. How are you doing? I am good, Aaron. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. But before, fur without further ado, we do want to just remind everybody to please go ahead, check out the links down below because there's a few things in there you got to check out. First of all, it's the uh, Keep It Costly Tees, of course. It's a message for all those out there to keep those deep, personal, costly conversations that really push us forward just as a human race. So check those out. And of course, join the Patreon because we have a lot of great conversations in the private Discord channel and you definitely want to be a part of those. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get back to the conversation with the one and only Rhonda Ezel, the uh, winner of not just one, but two cases against the city of Chicago to further gun rights. Somebody who will talk about this has been referenced in like very serious historical even cases for gun rights for all Americans, not just a particular group, not just a particular city. So let, let's talk about that. Um, well, before we get into the, the nitty gritty, Rhonda, like people, if they Google you, they'll see like, okay, Rhonda Ezel, Chicago Guns Matter, very similar naming to Black Guns Matter. Who came first, chicken or the egg? I think it was you. You have to let well, me know. We, we came first within uh, fighting for the rights and the litigation mm -hmm. and things like that. But we don't, we don't, we're not in competition with anyone. I love Monster Ray. Yeah. It's like a son to me. Um, so it's not about um, who came first here. It's we're all in the same fight together. That's what I wanted to hear. That That's great because really the, the fight for the Second Amendment, I think it's distorted and kind of screwed up when we have, we got the Hunters and Coleon Noir, who's super famous in the two-way fight uh, in regards to just putting out content and letting people know kind of what's happening. Um, he put out a video talking about like hunters and just uh, concealed carry guys and the, the spec op type dudes, tactical <laughs> bros. And they're all arguing at a table and not right. kind of focusing on, on the serious, on the issue, on the, on the issue, on the issue at versus, hand. Yeah. Um, personally trying to identify mm -hmm. what the second amendment meant to them. So I saw that and that was pretty cool. Noir is another one that I love in this industry. We've done projects together yeah. and things like that. So absolutely, I saw that. That was cool. Yeah, was cool. yeah. And it, it was funny not to talk too much about Colian, but he, he hasn't done skits in a while. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And I felt like it was timely because, you know, the, the work that you do, unfortunately, it's not um, sexy per se. That and he's, he's like, oh, okay, we're gonna sit in court for ten hours, or we're gonna go to D.C. and sit down before you know all these people who are trying to get you to slip up for several hours, and you know at, at the end of the day they're asking trick questions, and it's like I'm I'm done, like, and so <laughs> for those who have been keeping up with the conversations with those like Antonia, and for those like Diana Muller, you know, and obviously like yourself. Those trips, those those situations, they're difficult. Can can we talk about your work and kind of the stuff that maybe people don't pay attention to just because they, they, they either don't know or it's just not the exciting high speed build drill type stuff? 
Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, the ladies that you mentioned, uh, Diana Muller and Antonia Oakford, they are beautiful ladies. I love mm -hmm. them as well. And we are we are all great friends. Uh, what we do here, I'm Rhonda Ezell, president and co-founder of Chicago Guns Matter, lead plaintiff in Ezell versus the city of Chicago. What we do is fight on the forefront it, in litigation. Now, a lot of people always ask me, well, why don't you give classes and courses? Everyone has a lane in this fight. You don't have to do everything to be involved. I choose not to. What I choose to do, a lot of people can't do. Everybody isn't strong enough to put their life on the line, the life of their loved ones on the line to fight against crooked politicians in litigation. So when you're doing these cases and you're becoming plaintiffs and you're suing the political powers that be, you have to give up a ton of information, right? These people know everything about you. And once you strike a chord with them, you deal them this blow, they hate you. They put an X on your back. So we are the people that say, hey, we're not going to take it. We're here to fight for freedom for every American. We're not going to allow you to trample over our rights. And at the end of the day, if, if it wasn't from the work that we do as plaintiffs, because the the Second Amendment organizations that are paying for these cases and bringing on the litigation, without the, um, I want to say, without everyone working together, combining their work, there would be no training for a class or a course because the government will be stepping on our rights. We wouldn't have the ability to defend ourselves. There won't be any freedoms. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We've seen it in other countries. Oh yeah. You know, Canada just did that. They just banned everything. Mm -hmm. So in here in America, we're not going to do that. And if you take a look at the work we've done at Chicago Guns Matter, and, and I want to say this so that people understand, because there seems to be this myth about firearm ownership in Chicago. You see what I'm saying? We carry every day. The state of Illinois was the last state to get a form of concealed carry in the nation. And we went from zero firearm ownership to shall issue concealed carry. That's huge. A lot of states still dragging their citizens through the court system about owning a firearm, what type of firearms they can have. So what we do is we take the slack up and, and put the weight of the world on our shoulders to fight this corrupt system that hates our freedoms here in America. And we're not looked upon as the good guys. You know, these people walk the halls of the Congress or they're in their uh, offices in their local municipalities or downstate. And they're just uh, constantly putting forth measures that violates your right to self-defense. But yet them and their family are well protected. So mm -hmm. we're the ones that say, yeah, I'll step up to the plate. I'll sue this city. I'll sue this state because I know that I'm responsible for my own safety. I'm my own first responder. They don't want to see that. They can't handle that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you literally putting yourself out there because in, in reality, a lot of us, unless you literally put your face online, there's a lot of uh, uh, avatars per se, guys who they post a picture of a gun that literally never show their face. And I have no, nothing against those guys. I think, you know, share, share what you love, but they get to live behind an avatar in an IP address. And that's about it. Like, you know, 
No, like they, you got to do a lot of work to find these guys and they're not necessarily putting themselves in a position to have a corrupt politician maybe try to do things to make your life difficult at the very least. Um, and, and beyond that, even potentially expose yourself to um, some of the crazy people who are more anti-gun and believe that you are the problem potentially and who may send you a letter or an email or DM literally threatening <laughs> your life. And that's, that's the light stuff. I mean, God forbid you, you know, have to go to a courthouse and they're outside the courthouse protesting and looking at Absolutely. you and watching where you're going. And I'm not saying like, okay, well you, you stand up one time and you're, you know, you, you got a, you know, death threats, but it can, it can lead to that, especially if you become a high profile person. Absolutely. Because you have to understand when people put Chicago under a microscope, the first thing they say is, oh, they have these tough gun laws and you can't carry a gun there. What they fail to realize is that in our organization alone, when we just got that third Supreme Court victory, that New York State rifle and pistol case that was won in New York, that was the latest case that just been won at the Supreme Court level. They only took three. The one was the Heller versus D.C. The second was McDonald versus Chicago. And this is the third, New York State Rifle and Pistol, the Bruin case. Three of the cases from my organization, from our organization, were cited in that victory. We're not just fighting for gun rights in the city of Chicago mm. or the state of Illinois. We're fighting for freedoms for all Americans. This is what people fail to understand. If people take the time to go through some of these cases, I have a book, matter of fact, I have a book here that I keep with roughly not all, because I can't keep up with everything, but just some of the cases where my case was cited in those victories as well. But there are tons of cases. If you open them and read them, you will see McDonald versus Chicago cited, Ezel versus Chicago cited, Ezel 2 versus the city of Chicago cited, Moore versus Madigan and Shepard versus Madigan cited in these cases. It doesn't matter what state they're from. What matters is the work that we've previously done has set a precedent of how the Second Amendment is interpreted in a court of law. These mm -hmm. are facts. And these yeah. are the things that people miss. Yeah. No, that's that's huge, especially when you consider like what you just said. And I think it, it may have gone over somebody's head. So let's just reiterate it. The Supreme Court, the the highest court in all the land, the United States of America, one of one of the, if not the most powerful country in the world, referenced a court case that you made happen, essentially, that you put your face on it and said, like, hey, yeah, we see where basically the precedent was set, not some unprecedented thing. We already we see where these things are already happening. Courts have already ruled in favor of these things. It's already been decided, hey, this is the way things should go. Let's Absolutely. go ahead and make laws for everybody or or strike down laws that are in fact impacting many, many Americans because right. we see that precedent has already been set. We've already had the, this case. And maybe you could say it more eloquently than I, but. No, that's, that's exactly how it should be broken down because when people don't interpret a conversation, you know they're not interpreting litigation because the average person 
isn't an attorney. So they don't really understand. They don't really read all of that information. Mm -hmm. And so when cases are cited in other cases, this let you know that, hey, this case has already been tried and won in a court of law. History has been made. This is the precedent that has been set with this case, with said case, like the Heller case, mm -hmm. the McDonald versus Chicago case, the Ezel versus Chicago case, and so on and so forth. And so when, again, it goes over people's heads because I remember one time in Virginia where Northern had did something and then they were protesting and then the, a lawsuit was filed and our case was cited in there. Again, I'm, I'm going to go to the book because it's too much to look through. And um, I, I post about it. I said, you're welcome, Virginia, so on and so forth. And someone said, what, is, what does Chicago has to do with this? And I just said, reading is fundamental. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go open the case up and read it, instead of just following pictures and doing likes and clicks on social media, just to, to say you did something, mm -hmm. go and educate yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Because we've set a precedent. We've made history in the United States of America. I have made history in the United States of America. I'm very humble about those things. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I brag about, but it's something that I won't let go over my head because I know we've put in the work. Yeah. But yeah. yet our city gets the most backlash for for being, oh, the most dangerous place in the world and you can't have a gun there. And I look at all of these YouTubers. Sometimes they do their little uh, podcast and they badger Chicago. And, at the, and in the same breath, they're praising the latest Supreme Court victory. Make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's okay. I, I I'm say, used to it. No, I, and I... I would say you kind of have to grow thick skin when it comes to that. But I, I would say, I, I wonder if people are still frustrated with the with the politicians who don't get it, who are continuously pushing and basically in defiance of that precedent that was set with the concept of, of the Second Amendment, of the idea that it shall not be infringed. And they're right. just saying like, these guys, because they, they, they still don't get it. They don't get it because what they did was they went with what the Bruin decision did was it said text history and um something else that is set by now they they kind of getting away from the two-step um test and that's fine but people still don't understand that the fight before that fight is the important fight because that's what solidifies the case to be won in the first place, mm -hmm. right? Tradition, text, and history is what the new um, precedent is from the Bruin case. I do and, want um, to ask you a question about your absolutely because we've we've talked before, and you mentioned that you created a, a two-step system for interpreting the Second Amendment. Explain that to the listeners, if you would. Well, in Cantor versus Barr. They were doing a case where an individual was being charged with a nonviolent felony. And they were trying to figure out, did that individual lose the right to self-defense? And so that's where they came in to figure out, you know, what was what. Mm -hmm. Because they decided that they didn't think that the person worked at the post office because he lost his job and he worked at a federal place 
that he also deserved to lose his rights to self-defense or Second Amendment rights. And so that's how they went to write it up to figure out what precedent needs to be set here before we can just simply say, oh, you have a felony on your record. You don't deserve to have your rights. Right. And that's actually been a big deal, Um, especially, and I think- And it makes sense. It makes sense because if if you're at the postal service Mm -hmm. and you get mad and and you get caught because you were lazy on the job and you dumped a bag of mail, that's federal property. Right. All right. Now you've destroyed that. That's a federal crime. That that is a federal crime. But did you kill your boss? Like, did you shoot the place up and kill your coworkers Mm -hmm. to the point where, oh, this person is a danger to society and they no longer should have access to a firearm? Right. And so these are the things that they were trying to interpret at the time. And so I agree that if you have a nonviolent felon, that you should not lose your right to self-defense. Right. It Because you had an argument at work, you work for the federal government, and you what, slam your hand on the table and break the glass and you get fired and you storm out the door. Does that require you, just because it was a felony, you work for the government and they charge you with that, should you lose your rights? Mm. Absolutely not. You know, we have to watch when they pick and choose and cherry pick what they want to do. Because I've mm. seen them just recently as in the last few years, go to the jail system and register people to vote Yeah, when it was applicable for them. Mm-hmm. And now these same people can do their time and get out of jail and still won't have the right to self-defense. Even after you've went there, signed them up to vote, got them to vote for you or told them whatever you wanted them to believe, and they pushed that little button now they're home and they don't have any rights. It doesn't make sense to me, but this is politics. That's and these are the question. things that people have to be aware of because it only fits when it works for them. Right. And that's that's absolutely correct in the sense that they're, you know, which rights will we restore? It's It's been a big question for the last few years and you're seeing some stuff in Florida come out um, where it's like, oh, these, the people with felonies on the record, their, their voting rights are being restored. Okay, well, the question comes into play is even with the gun rights, if you are released from prison, have you served your time? If you've served your time, should you be allowed to become be made whole again? I would say yes, because if you paid your debt to society, right. what are you holding over your head? I right. mean, I thought the prison time was the thing, right? right. If you get convicted of something, are they going to dangle that over your head for life and say, yeah, remember that day you robbed that cab driver? You know, you. I mean, let's 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 think about that, because even here in our state right now, we're dealing with something worse than that. We're dealing with something that was signed into law last year, which will become law come January, which is the Safety Act. Right. People will not be held in custody after committing certain heinous crimes, burglaries, rapes, uh, attempted sexual assault, uh, threatening a public official, burglary, things like that. So they may commit that crime, but when they go to court, it's going to be up to the judge to decide whether or not they think that individual is going to flee the country. Not whether or not they committed the crime, 
And so this is another thing that we know where this is a bill just for the criminals, to be honest, because yeah. this does nothing to uh, for the safety of Illinoisans. It's, mm -hmm. it's nothing for the people of the state of Illinois. It's nothing good is going to come to this because the criminals are going to continue to get a slap on the wrist to go out and do the same thing over and over again. But it's up to us. It's our responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. No, you're you're correct in, in the sense that you are your own first responder. You have to be able to protect yourself with the best means possible. And when those rights in, in basically the American birthright, when that's neutered, what do you have? When you have, and there was this, my wife just sent me something the other day, said this, this um, young lady went to the CVS, got out of her car, and before she realized there's this guy who's half naked, a couple feet from her, staring, just staring at her. And she runs into the CVS and this guy follows her in, is, you know, lurking around, leaves the store wow. and she's like, should I, oh man, is there some, is there a man, is there a man in here that can escort me to my car? The guy was hiding out behind her car, waiting for her oh, to come wow. back. And what the, what the girl on social media was saying is like, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm like, well, that too, but also, <laughs> what do you have with you? What do you keep on your right. person? What, what is your level you? of defense? Right. You know, less lethal force. You know, we have to think about less lethal we, we force. We have to think about because, that too. Because, you know, it's, it's one thing that he's out there naked or lurking and so on and so mm -hmm. forth, but he has yet to attack you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you don't know if he wants to beg for money, if he's just hungry. You know, he's a weirdo for sure. Oh, yeah. He's a weirdo for sure. Right. But, you know, you want to carry less lethal force. You know what I'm saying? Maybe uh, that, yeah. some pepper spray, a, a stun gun or something of that nature. But, you know, you, these are things that you would learn along the lines if you start to go and do some firearm safety training and education. But I, I almost feel like because people aren't thinking of, you know, zero is you know, condition white, we were completely oblivious to the fact that people hurt people. And then 60 is, hey, I carry a firearm. I don't want to use it, but I am prepared to defend my life and the life of my loved ones. I feel like just in the, in the because 60 has been removed, most people live at zero. Which is you know, a lot of people oblivious. live at zero. Yeah, A lot of people live at zero. And it's, and it's crazy because <laughs> I've added two color codes to this uh, Jeff Cooper color code by on my own. Yeah. Right. Because I'm in Chicago. So I live in a different color code than the average person. Right. I've seen people in dingy in dingy white because mm -hmm. that means they don't have a clue. They are oblivious to their surroundings. Right. Mm -hmm. These are the people are way below uh, the white color code spectrum because they don't think things will happen to them. Or this won't happen in our neighborhood. They don't have a clue. Me. You said that code orange is up here. I'm in burnt orange. They have switches in Chicago. Yeah. You don't really stand a chance against the bad guy, right? No. So at the end of the day, you're right. When people aren't paying attention to their surroundings, they don't understand that this is a crazy world. We saw it happen two years ago with the George Floyd situation. Mm -hmm. They allowed this country to be destroyed. Yeah. And it's going to happen again in November. Watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you. Not looking forward to it. It's going to happen again. And it's unfortunate that uh, two years ago or however many years it's been since that situation, they allowed these people to 
burn down cities, rob, loot, steal, kill, so on and so forth by telling these people to go out and do these things and going as far as getting these people out of jail. So they had a hand in it. That, that was very it. interesting. Big name and, politicians um, paying for people's bail when people getting caught up on simple marijuana charges and are serving basically life sentences, pretty much. <laughs> that Don't get me started on that. I mean, we have people that are in the penitentiary right now on charges of marijuana charges, and yet the government have legalized the marijuana industry, and they're making billions of dollars mm -hmm. with the beef my state have made over two billion gotcha. right and the only thing that they gave the black community was we will expunge your record so they got an expungement on a local level not even on a federal level right but not one black person got a license to open a marijuana dispensary hmm. that's the sad part hmm. and i spoke about that a thousand times over because in politics you have to pay attention and and broaden the spectrum you know not just say oh, i'm just about guns i'm a one a, a, a one 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 issue. Mm -hmm. one issue voter right and um you just can't say that i'm a one issue voter you have to have your eyes open because there's a lot of things around you that are affect you because yeah. now that it's legalized marijuana okay these people don't have to hide to go get high anymore right or to right. buy their merchandise so what does that say about needing money for marijuana mm -hmm. right and that's fine i don't smoke i don't drink this is what i do water nevertheless we were left out in the way where it counted when it came down to business mm -hmm. money jobs Ownership. opportunity you know what i'm saying right we got none of that what we got was lied to as we always has been for the last 50 years. Right. You know, I don't know when we as a community will wake up um, and, and vote different. Uh, I'm not trying to tell anyone what uh, political party to be in or what political party is better than the other, but you should be smart enough to know that if you've been putting your hand on a hot fire and you continuously getting burned, you might want to do something different. Mm. I, I wonder if people are checking their box, punching the little keys, putting their vote in, and then just kind of letting their eyes glaze over, letting several years go by, and then, you know, they see something catchy on TV, and, oh, okay, I guess it's time to vote again. And I'm not saying that people aren't capable of knowing what's happening, but I wonder if life is, oftentimes we're just in survival mode, to the point where we, we can't even pay attention to what's, what's seriously important, how we can benefit ourselves, I wonder. I could well, be you know, the, the, the cover is being pulled over the eyes for sure yeah. right about now. And if you've been on this planet long enough, uh, you should be able to kind of pick up on some of these things. But everybody doesn't follow the political arena. They don't follow or understand who their legislatures are. They've never called their offices. They never went down to their uh, state or local offices. They never went to D.C. to speak with them, you know, to voice their opinion on whatever it is their agenda is that they believe in. So first why. you have to have an agenda and you can take those um, to your uh, elected officials and say, hey, 
I don't like this. I don't support this, or this is what I believe in. This is what I support, or I voted for you because you, you know, brought this to the table and I thought that it was solid and it's not. So, but you have to, you know, reach out to them, email them, call them, go to their offices and, and put, give them that input. But a lot of people don't do that, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I don't know where uh, it got, it, I can't say it got lost along the way because the average person isn't into politics. A lot, a lot they of just follow the status politics. quo of their family right. history. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they vote that same way until they get grown and get old enough to have their own families and their own beliefs. And they start paying taxes and understanding the system. That's when change began. That's that's um, that's very true. And I think the stigma within the family system to vote for certain people to to even to go vote. Somebody could say, I hate politics. I don't get involved. But when it comes to vote time, you know, parents pressure in, grandparents pressure in, mm-hmm. aunties, did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? You better not vote for that. And then they can go on and on and mm-hmm. on. And, that, and now we're continuously putting people in office. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving one scenario. There's a million ways it plays out. But now we still have just certain people in office who are not doing things that actually benefit you or people that you love, whether it's uh, a community, a black community, uh, your city as a whole, the United States of America as a whole, what, whatever your situation is, I, I do feel like you need to, I know you need to be at least informed about what this person that you're telling to be in charge cares about, what they say they're going to do, you know, just pay yeah. attention to that. They'll tell you. Absolutely. One thing is for certain is as much as people talk about the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, mm. people don't even understand what it is. And I said that to say this, if you don't vote in terms of protecting that right, you lose every other right Mm -hmm. and all of the rest of your freedoms. There will be no podcasting and and talking and and saying what you want freely because we know other countries where their women can't even speak. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're on the right now. We're in World War Three, whether people understand it or not. We've been in it two years ago when we were attacked by China with the coronavirus. But here we are giving assistance to Ukraine to fight Russia. And um, that's something that also went over a lot of people's head because this is our president of the United States of America funneling cash through Ukraine because of the things his son did when he was working over there. And because we're still paying Russia to broker a deal with Iran for oil. That's not going to happen. But these are the things that the people don't understand. The United States right now is paying funds to Ukraine who has hired ISIS and Al-Qaeda fighters to fight for them. Make it make sense. I hadn't heard about These that. are the things that people... See, that's that in-depthness. Yeah. When you start to pay attention to the political aspect of things. Remember, we had United States of American... Uh, diplomats going over in the middle of Ukraine, walking the streets for photo ops, telling you that Russia is dropping bombs on Ukraine. If this is an all-out war, why are we visiting there? Why? I think but it, it has gotten so serious now. The narrative. If we've gotten, it's gotten serious now. And so we're going to see a lot of more things happen because once China attacks I, um, Taiwan, our hell is going to break loose. Yeah. And that's where 
it goes back to that vote to protect that Second Amendment right that protects every other right in the United States Constitution. We are the only free country in the world. We're the last free country in the world. They don't mm -hmm. like that. And if they can strip us of that freedom, then China and Russia will take over America with the rest of whatever they taken over. Yeah. Because we have the weakest president in American history in office right here, right now, today. And he those was quite facts. senile. I, speaking of rights, I, I think it is super important to remember that even freedom of speech, you, you go just a little bit east of, of here, you go over to, to Europe and uh, the UK, and if you say the wrong thing, people can easily sue you for libel. Your, your freedom of speech is so soft if, in, in the UK. Um, just if you pay attention to any, any news story from there, it's like, oh, this guy got sued for this. Someone was uh, arrested for saying something disrespectful on, online. We, like it's happening right. <laughs> like oh you, yeah you're basically it's like a disturbing the peace you can but get when arrested. they come to your house that's insane right for for i i told somebody that they were stupid and ugly like come on man like it's insane that ding dong uh, yes we're here about what you wrote on twitter and what what, what you wrote on facebook right now here no it, it can't happen yet but imagine, imagine you, you get so soft and unfortunately the culture is, is really shifting to the point where we're uh, definitions. We talked about this with young girl, Rhonda Mary, um, young woman, excuse <laughs> me, Rhonda Mary. And I love her too. She's, she's my buddy. <laughs> she's fantastic. She goes hard, but she, um, she basically said you have to watch definitions because people are saying things like your words are violence. Your words are literally violence. And if if the public sentiment shifts entirely to believe that is the case, what what's to say like, okay, the First Amendment, it cannot be absolute. We have to, and they said that about the second. And they shifted around, say, okay, well, if you say something that's truly offensive and we all decide it's offensive, we gotta come get you. You're, you're too Here's generous. the thing. They've pulled this trick before. They say these things over and over again to mentally manipulate the general public to believe these things. They know that they're not facts. Again, mm -hmm. if you believe those things, that's how they break into something. But again, here in America, we have over 400 million guns in America. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. America was built on violence. Yeah. We went to war to create this country. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to let a senile president give it away just because his son was in bed with, with the Chinese and then everybody else. Literally senile. My man was walking away. I was talking about that with my barber. <laughs> <laughs> with my barber today. It's, it's embarrassing. And uh, unfortunately, like we, we saw where he was like, Jackie, Jackie, are you here? Jackie's been dead for five months. Absolutely. Jackie's, Jackie's been dead. And I'm not you here know, to just bag I, on the president, but God, I'm not. I'm not. But it's it's at this point, it's elderly abuse. It's it is it's elderly abuse, because if you've been watching and you understand politics, he's clearly not running the country. He's been in our, um, politics for over 47 years. He's done nothing. 
He was the vice president as well. And at this point, I, let me make it very clear. You can't tell me that he got 80 million votes. The most votes in American history for a president. It is a lot of votes. That's a lie. He couldn't even get 100 people to come to an event. At the end of the day, though, here we are. We are here. The same person you want me to believe that 80 million Americans voted for can't even speak in the camera and walk off the stage in the right direction. It is scary. That's why we fight as hard as we fight to preserve our freedoms. Because we know that the corruption that exists in this administration is detrimental to the freedom of this country. There's no way that we should be giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to someone that's not even in the United Nations, right? That's their fight. That's their battle. Not only giving mm-hmm, money, yeah. we're giving, we're giving assistance with um, military arsenals, so to speak, whatever they need. Uh, they'll tell us on the surface, oh, we gave them this, this, and this. Who knows what they're really sending over there? Because you have to remember, they had nothing. When it was time, here, follow me here. This is one of those countries where you couldn't own a gun. What happened when Russia came there? Started getting they forced guns. everybody 18 years and older to stay and fight. And those were their civilians mm-hmm. that they would put out there to fight who didn't own a gun, never seen a gun, did not know how to operate a firearm. But yet and still, they were made to stay in Ukraine and fight a war. That should tell everybody in America and around this planet, never give up your arms because Mm -hmm. the bad guy in the government will be the only people with firearms and you're gonna end up dead. But we just saw Ukraine have to pick up arms and fight Russia because they didn't have any weapons and they didn't have anybody to help fight because they had already agreed to give that away long time ago. With their nukes. You know, I think it's I think it is really interesting that people are in two camps. They people either believe that oh, they'll never come for your guns, and people believe that, oh, the government is benevol- benevolent, which is laughable. I could barely get the words out of my mouth just now. <laughs> and that, you know, bad things just they just can't happen. It would never happen here. We look at China, which is a civilized country for the most part, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, and it's like, if you do something wrong, they can come get you. Back when they had the one shot policy, oh, you had more than one? Sterilized. You're not going to get, you're not going to have more than one kid again. Come on. China is the most brutal country in the world. Yeah. Because I barely touch the way that they, they treat those people are like, machines like they have mentally drilled in their heads you take one step take another step turn right turn left at our demand because they have the ai system in place the artificial intelligence in place every 
lick of those people's lives is recorded. And you have to have a great credit score to even partake. Mm. You don't have a high credit score, you don't get a, uh, an iPhone, a cell phone, or whatever it is. Mm. You don't have a phone, you can't scan your life, and you can't go anywhere. You live in a box. I mean, But everything you do is dictated by the China government, the CCP. Yeah, and, and even even because people say, oh, that's China, that's an extreme example. That's, that's over there. Okay, well, just go a little bit south of here, Venezuela. Craziest things happening. Same thing. Same Venezuela, thing. Cuba, France. Different technology. Germany. They don't have the same stuff. But you, you start to look at countries that have stripped the people of their arms. Absolutely. You don't have to go. And that's 50, all of them. You don't have to go Canada 100 years did. in the past. Go to Canada. Absolutely. And even in Canada, they, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, you know, doomsday stuff. But I think it's really obvious that if you give up the fight, and unfortunately, the fight isn't sexy. The fight is the hard work that people like yourself have done. If you give up the fight, they can do kind of whatever they want. If they feel like no right. one's going to say no, they can freeze your they freeze your finances. Oh, my God. We saw them do that. We, right. we saw them do that with the truckers. And, and it's like something out of Star Wars. It's like the emperor is like, you know, hey, give me emergency powers. I don't believe the American people, the American patriotic hard-working, hard-loving Americans is going to stand for that. I think uh, the average person is willing to put it and lay it all on the line and fight for their free country because it's not going to, you know, we're not going to just lie down and and let people just trample over us and, and then we're back into slavery. Like, that's not how this is going to play out. Nah, too many dogs you know what me. I'm saying? Because it's not uh, for one said group of people. It's for the entire country. Right. Right. And And if you think about it, when we, when I saw Canada pull their little stunt last week or whenever it was, the first thing I thought was, if anybody really tried to invade America, which would be stupid, they would cut through Canada and cross the little bridge to Detroit. Like, we need to destroy that bridge first. Mm -hmm. Keep them out of America. But you don't get to disarm your entire populace if you're not tyrannical. You see what I'm saying? They can't govern unless they disarm their people. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. You don't trust the very people that work hard to pay taxes in your country to be responsible gun owners? This is insane. Mm. These are the things that we fight for. That's why you see uh, a lot of cases that are contested in America. New York, for example. They continue to try to disrespect the, the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol decision. And so I don't think it's going to take another 10 years for the Supreme Court to actually really put their foot on the necks of, of gun grabbers. I don't think they're going to wait that long because they've already made it clear. And we have seen several cases where things have been um, changed. But for some mm -hmm. reason, New York and California continues to play games. And they're just going to find out the hard way. But that's why it's important for us to continue to fight. I have two questions. One regarding the general populace's anti-gun sentiment. But before we get into that, I, I do want to know, you know, we've talked about fighting, going to court. Um, who funded your 
your uh, um, your cases. The Second Amendment Foundation. The Second Amendment Foundation. The Second Amendment Foundation funded our cases. They funded the the Heller case, the McDonald versus Chicago case, the Ezel case, um, the other the the Madigan Moore case, and the uh, Shepard Moore case because we all had the same attorneys. We all had the same. That's attorneys. interesting. And so again, yeah. it's strategically timing you know you don't just say i'm gonna sue someone you know just like they strategically do what they do we have to be just as smart and as eager to make sure that when we do something it's the right time and not that we're just doing something to rush into things because it has to make sense you know when the supreme court victory was won with the Heller case, the McDonald case was filed immediately, right after that. So that was the precedent set with the Heller case, brought on the Supreme Court case in Chicago for the right to own a gun, because Mr. Heller just won the right to own a gun in D.C., right? And so now, we have, a, we have another Supreme Court victory for the right to own a gun in Chicago. So let's not stop at just owning a gun in Chicago because now, that we can own a gun. I just happened to be the individual who had just got off of life support, learned how to walk again, saw this on the news and was like, oh my God, I had a couple of situations with someone trying to break into my home. I'm gonna get me this license here that's needed, but I needed the information to see what it was. Signed up for the class, boom. Went through a whole lot of rigmarole and then East Ever Chicago was born, was born. That's how you go from, okay, now we fought for the right to own a gun. But then the city of Chicago came with shenanigans. You can't take it outside. You can't go to your garage. You can't go on your porch. Don't go in your hallway. They were angry. But how mm -hmm. do we extend that right outside the home? Oh, here we have yeah, a woman that's that right disabled, now. that has lost her health, doesn't know how to walk again, got off life support. She wants to sue the city of Chicago for the right to own gun ranges. We did that. Owning, well, winning the right to build gun ranges also restored the rights to go. Nope, let me say that again. Winning the right to build gun ranges in the city of Chicago established the gun rights outside of the home as well because now if there's a gun range built, you're able to take that firearm to that range. Because mm -hmm. with the McDonald case, they were like, no, you can't go anywhere. Don't go to your front. It was weird. They were really mad that the case had been won. And so we just came after that. And then you don't stop at, okay, if we could build the gun ranks, what's next? Concealed carry. Because now you can have the gun in the home. You can go train with the gun. You got to want to do more than have a gun inside the house. Because the criminal element is going to be everywhere in the world, right? Right. And then we had concealed carry cases filed. And then we won those cases. And so that, like I say, timing is everything. When you file these lawsuits, you don't go, we won the right to have a gun in the home, but I want to, or you want to carry, do a concealed carry first. And then you double back and say, oh, well, let's do, you know what I'm saying? It makes sense when you prioritize what order you want to take a, a, a case because now we have a case going where in um, 
Chicago is they're suing for carry on mass transit. And and that's a good one because it's a lot of violence on uh, the transit system, and, and there's nothing they can do about it. They're not stopping the criminal element, so on and so forth. The bad guy has his guns. The bad guy has his knife. Whatever they want to do or whatever they carry to commit these violent crimes on a daily basis, it's time out for that. Something has to change, and so we believe it's time to carry on mass transit. We've been thought that it's been that time but you know this again may be the proper timing for that based on that Bruin decision you see what I'm saying right. so everything happens for a reason you know so um, but we have to stay relevant in these cases we have to keep our eyes open we have to continue to find people that are willing to take a stand and fight against the corruption in their cities in their states and and like you say, vote some of these corrupt people out of office. Stop giving them your vote if they don't support anything that you support. Yeah, the the I forget who it is who told me this, but somebody said it like four out of the last several, it was maybe five um, governors in Chicago have been arrested. No, locked and in jail, not with, arrested. In locked, the locked, penitentiary. Locked up. Sent to the pen. The previous one. Insane. Before this one was in the penitentiary for about I want to say seven or eight years but the one that governor Incredible. right now was caught on FBI wiretap doing illegal activities with the one that was in jail you follow me <laughs> this is insane and these are the people you have to fight the last four like, of my hard five criminals. Were in jail. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> that is that is but these are the people that you basically are dictating to you and ensuring and, and enforcing these these unconstitutional, unconstitutional laws, laws to say the least absolutely to say the least yet they can't be bothered to follow simple laws that that are for everyone it, rules for thee not absolutely for me, of course. It's, it's it's insane it's insane i mean we have a mayor here who had the mm. opportunity to be uh, a great mayor and for a long time but she bit the bullet and she went with the anti-gunners and she's getting this Bloomberg money and all this anti-gun rhetoric that's being spewed mm -hmm. about. It's insane. And all the violence that's yeah. taking place and nothing's being done. I mean, it's, it's, I talk about that. it's a headache. You know, you, you see these things every day. You know that the numbers, they speak for themselves. And they just lie to you all day long. But when it's time to vote, mm -hmm. they have these flashy, fancy commercials and oh, vote for me. And 700 people just got murdered. 3,000 people were shot. I mean, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's where I tell the people to wake up. Because one thing is for certain. They're going to lie to you and they're going to put the blame on the tool. They're going to call for gun control instead of uh, holding criminals accountable for their actions, but it's much easier to blame mm -hmm. the tool instead of holding this uh, repeat offender responsible for his actions. Right, and and I would say it's it's much easier to blame the tool than to inject light into the darkest parts of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing instead about instead of building mentorship programs to actually change the way some of these young men think. Here's the thing with that: they claim to have these programs in place and they give funding right but these are ex-convicts mm. and 
friends of theirs who are running these programs, they're just washing cash through these programs because... Sounds corrupt. Of course it is. Because here's the thing, the numbers speak for themselves. You just said you gave a million dollars to this organization, which is a Jeez, some sort of stop the violence prevention um, organization, and yet the numbers and the statistics are through the roof. So what did they prevent? What, what violence did so they prevent? Was this program called BLM or? Oh no, no, which BLM is just one? a whole nother. <laughs> let, let me make that, that's a no, joke. No, I, I was let joking. Let me make one but... thing clear for the people. And when I say for the people, I'm talking about black people. Black people, I'm talking to you right now. So you can get mad all you want. Black Lives Matter is not for you. The organization is white, elite, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-self-defense billionaires that hates you. Wake up. That's real talk. Real talk. Because on the surface, BLM sounds good mentally. If you run it through their mind, Black Lives Matter. They got their fist up. They all in the street kneeling and all of this. And then here's come George Soros. He find out the old white man that hate you and your color, no matter who you are, whether you're white, black, uh, Latino, Mexican, red, white, blue, pink, whatever. He cares less. The goal is to destroy America. That's the underlay for the overplay. But they naive and they can't see that. So anything happened to a black person, oh my God, it's to the streets we go. Let's burn down this neighborhood. Let's break into this store. Let's rob something, something, something. And every night you sit in the house and hear someone get shot outside, peek out the window, see the shooter, see them running away, skid off in the car and don't report nothing. Mm. I don't play those games. That's that's the part that hurts. I don't support Black Lives Matter. Getting killed. I don't support the organization that renders the finances to destroy this country, which is the elite, the Rockefellers, the uh, Bloombergs, the Charles Schwabs, the Soros. Those people are the ones I'm talking about. But this is something that the, the youth would never know about. They, they don't understand. Black Lives Matter got millions of dollars. The people that they use as the face. And the mm. black community got nothing. And they're never going to get anything. They're just pawns in this game. They don't know it, though. They don't know it, though. But I have to keep it real. I'm old school. I have to keep it real. Because don't come to me about nothing. Because I know what you stand for, and I know where you're getting your money from, and I know the alternative, mm-hmm. the, the alternative goal is to destroy this country from within. These are facts. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, it's it's beyond documented that the money that was given to that org got funneled into this organization and that, and the DNC and all that. And like, uh, wait, I thought we were trying to make it so that police violence occurred less if not I'm like you can't how how does how does politics play into that I'm confused here's here's how they want you to believe Mm. that they support you as they allow you to destroy your community 
And then on the back end, they say, let's defund the police. And so if there's no police involved, there's no one there to call in case someone needs help. What do you think is going to happen in any city in this country? It's going to be all chaos. That is what they want. They got it a couple years ago to a certain extent. It was allowed. It shouldn't have never been allowed. Mm-hmm. And and I don't care what party did it, who did it, it's wrong. And they're lying to the youth, right. and the youth don't have a clue about it. So they don't know about the upper echelon of the political game with the elite billionaires who just want this country. See what I'm saying? If they can get this country and put it on a string, and we be their little puppets, oh my God. Well, they got Joe, and they got a few more other people, because he's not doing it by himself. You see what I'm saying? This is in cahoots politically to destroy this country because there's no way within what less than two years or or uh, that we are in a situation that we are in this country it doesn't make sense it doesn't add up it doesn't matter what political affiliation you're with whether you're a republican a democrat an independent a, a libertarian a green party or whatever the case may be be smart enough to understand what's going on around you. Know when you're being lied to. At yeah, least. I think that's so important. At the least. Understand that you're losing no matter who's in office. Because it's structured that way. These insiders have destroyed. And it's not one party that has destroyed this country because some people have to go along with it in order for it to format. Right? Yeah. So it's not just one said group of people. It's just a lot of greed. Greed. And I hope I've been vocal on this, but if not, let me just say it again. I don't care what party you feel like you're most attached to. Identify wrong, call it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Because evil is evil. Absolutely. If, if, I mean, people look at the um, the situation with Mr. Floyd and they're making a documentary and there's other people debunking it. I, I don't I don't care what you think you represent. If you see somebody doing wrong, call it out. You have to. If if it's your rock star president that you love and he does something wrong, call it out. No one is if, if the president you hate being called you know? out for wrongdoing. And these are facts. And a lot of people have a tendency to lean one side more than the other. I keep it smack dab in the middle. You know what I'm mm. saying? Because like I said, we have a lot of things that I don't like um, with our current president. He's not fit to run this country. That is a fact. The previous president, I didn't like the fact that we did not get national reciprocity when he had control of the Senate and the House and the presidency. That was an epic failure on the behalf of that administration. These are facts. In fact, I think we actually went backwards. If you look at bump stocks and so, comments on suppressors. This is where you understand where when people, people know that there's a lot of votes in the two-way community. And so mm-hmm. they will tell you, I support the Second Amendment, but they're not wholeheartedly a two-way individual to the core. You see what I'm saying? And so when we see, okay, here's a prime example. We saw Dr. Oz 
do something for Pennsylvania. Then he started his campaign and then he started to shoot a rifle or something. That was a like a little sign of, hey, Second Amendment community, vote for me, right? But do I think mm-hmm. Dr. Oz is a diehard Second Amendment person? No. Probably don't. No, know I don't. The last, the first or the last thing about guns. For I, I real. don't. But his opponent is clearly not fit for office. You follow yeah. me? It's, and it's so hard to watch. You have to. It is, and you have to call it out when you see it. You know. I don't care what political party you are part of. You have to, the individual you, have to be smart enough to know the difference, right? Don't get sucked up into the politics of things because at the end of the day, they still get paid on the back end. That's why that money money is flying over to Ukraine. And it's a lot of them involved. You see what I'm saying? And so Mm. again, it's up to us to be educated to make sure that we understand what's going on around us. Because at the end of the day, no one is gonna be there when SHTF happens. Okay, they have a plan. That's why they've been funneling this money. They think that it's not not gonna affect them, it will. Because I don't see you selling out America to China and Russia, and you still think you're gonna have a place in the cabinet to dictate something, like that doesn't make sense. You're going to be like Ukraine who gave up their rights to another country, right? That's why they get stepped on now. These are facts. Yeah. I'm not giving up my yeah. guns. No, keep them. That's a fact. Um, last question, and then and then we'll we'll call it. Um, how? Let Let's see if we can't frame this. There are a lot of decent human beings out there that they see what happens, they see tragedies, tragedies where children are hurt, bad stuff happens, someone spins the block, like just crazy stuff occurs. With with the tool, it's a tool called a firearm in whatever make and model, whether it be a fully automatic Glock or uh, an AR-15 or something like that. And their heart hurts and they're like, they become, you know, first they, they weren't really into guns, they didn't like it, but they didn't mind. And now they, they're they staunchly against it. They're willing to vote. How do we, how do you interact with people like that? How do you, I suppose, fix your mind to, do you, do you care about reaching people like that? Or what, what's your, what's your mindset when it comes to the anti-gun American who they're, they're coming from a good place quote unquote, as in their their heart is hurting and they want to see less people hurt. Well, first of all, let me say about the uh, Glock aspect of things. The only fully automatic Glock was an M18 and that was for the military. It is no longer available. There is no fully automatic Glock available to the citizens. These are handguns mm-hmm. that are being utilized with an extra piece, which is called a um, a switch and then they alter their firearms to be fully automatic. That's first thing. What I say to any individual that does not feel that they like firearms, that's fine. What I want them to understand is everything isn't about the gun. It's about the mindset. 
understand that you do have a right to self-defense, but also understand that if the firearm is not your choice of that defense, that's fine too. But know that when you make the 911 call, if you get the opportunity to, because the bad guy may not let you get that call, they may not show up. And it's still going to be you and the bad guy before you even get the opportunity to dial 911. But understand, because you choose to not protect your life and the life of your loved ones, do not be mad at others because they choose to do so. These are our human rights. These are inalienable rights. Whether or not you want to protect yourself in that manner is fine with me. I don't get mad with people who smoke and drink. I just don't indulge. If it's not something that you're willing to do, don't prevent others. Don't try to put a roadblock in front of other people to prevent them from doing so. Because we saw in other countries, as we spoke about earlier, how the government maintains control of those individuals once their citizenship is disarmed. So we have to understand that. Yes, the violence is there. Uh, I'm not prone to that violence. I've had situations that happen to people in my family. I don't speak about it. That doesn't mean I don't know uh, any of these people that have been shot in this city or even killed in this city. And I post these stories every day on a daily basis. Is that going to stop me from owning a gun? No. I had lost a family member where someone broke in the house and brutally murdered them. Hmm. And it, it didn't make me say I'm not going to have a firearm. And we were kids when this happened. I grew up saying that's not going to happen to me and i made a promise to my loved one moving forward that i would never let anyone put their hands on us ever to this day i've had not a situation i'm 55 years old i have a granddaughter she's my range partner she's been shooting since she was five she's 12. i got to get her out to the range when she goes to college no it's gonna mean no but at the end of the day, if owning a firearm is not for you, fine. You don't have to own one. But don't expect for someone to come when you need help. Because at the same token, majority of the people in this country will scream and defund the police. So if they actually did that and you needed some assistance and you still chose not to have a firearm, but the bad guy got one and he got some more buddies with him and he got other host of tools and and things in his repertoire that he wants to utilize against you and your family and your loved ones, who's coming? Okay. I'll just say, just have respect for others and they should have the same respect for you. Yeah. That's right. You know, it, it, it is really interesting, the concept that many, many people in this country are against arms. However, if they do need to call for help, men with guns are coming. might come help you know, <laughs> you know? that's that's the part they fail to realize you know and and, yeah. and the other concept is this the people that have brainwashed these people to believe that guns are bad are the same mm. people laying in bed with their feet up with someone sitting outside in a, a car with two or three guns and two or three people surrounding their whole perimeter 
to make sure they sleep well at night. <laughs> Must be nice. I don't know, you know, like I say, I don't force anything on anyone because I know owning a firearm isn't for everyone. But they also have to understand that just because it's something you choose not to partake in, it doesn't give you the right to say that no one should have these things. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense. Wow. Wow. Um, I know I said last question, but something just <laughs> popped into my head. <laughs> something just popped into my head, and I, I wanted to end on such a powerful note because you you killed it. But it just popped in, and I got I got to say, so a goal that I've I've recently said, shoot, I, I want to do it. It seems impossible, but we've got to find a way because it's so important. Is I want to basically be the catalyst for a hundred thousand Americans to become first time responsible gun owners. And I want to somehow find a way to do that in three years. Oh, you'll do that. Yes, we. I think it's possible. It's 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 hard, and that's why I want to do it because the easy one would be say, "Oh, we'll do a hundred people." Now let's go crazy. What would you say? How, so how, how, how do you, how do you think what we is can your, make it your, happen? Your goal is your goal to train these people to shoot firearms. No, no, no. Bring no, no. them into the fold I just want of to be firearm the, I just want to bring them in. I just want to bring them in and make sure that they're on the path to being responsible, safe, smart, capable. So what, what you do, wherever you are in your state, find a location that you can rent out, a little small space where you can set up a, a, where people can come in and you can do uh, a soft engagement, you know, speaking engagement. Because you're not giving classes and courses, but you want to have uh, some sort of small conference doesn't have to have 100 people to, to distribute the information, but you can invite, have 100 people or 50 people at a time there. And if you did that twice a week or once a week for, you know, for two years, you would have a lot of people, right? So the way you want to engage is you market and promote it on social media, right? You find this outlet. Mm -hmm. You can say, okay, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be here from 4 to 6, right? Or whatever time slot you want to utilize. You can even bring in guest speakers, right? Because it's about the knowledge, right? Free education, right? Yeah. Because social media is that tool that's going to do the instant gratification of marketing for you, right? You do mm -hmm. a lot of social media. I'm, I'm old school. I don't do too much. But you have the Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram, the Twitch the the whatever else out there uh, that's going on and that's your marketing tool right because you already have a platform you have your podcast and you're doing it via uh, social media you find this place and you say okay boom there's a, a a studio here I can rent this place out or I can go in there and ask them can I rent this room for two hours right Make it like a month in advance. Like yeah. boom. So now you get to come back and say, next month on this date, we're going to do a firearm safety training introduction, right? Mm -hmm. And this is free. And you're going to have a little sign up. We'll have you do it to get people to come. And that's in your neighborhood, right? Once you get known, people will come. We used to do it a long time ago here in Chicago, years ago. That's when people was afraid to even say that they had guns. We yeah. had a few people that came out, but they didn't stick. It didn't stick. 
And that's why people continue to believe that you couldn't own a gun in Chicago. It, mm. When Mr. McDonald was alive, we used to go to the L stations, the bus stations, pass out literature, stand there and talk to the people as they get off the buses and trains and invite them to one of our meetings that we would have like once a month or something mm -hmm. to get the, the knowledge about out about firearm ownership. Now in Chicago, it didn't really stick because again, people, you would never carry a gun in Chicago. You see what I'm saying? They had that mentality. And we were like, why? Yeah. And that was yeah. right in the Mr. Mr. McDonald filing the lawsuit for the right to own a gun in the home. And people's like, y'all crazy. Now we talking about black people. Now we on mm -hmm. 95th Street at the, the one of the most prominent L stations in, in Chicago. And these people are telling us you're crazy. But what we did was we established a location. We printed out flyers. See, this was before all this social media, right? We had to hand do this. Walk out, people balling up your paper, throwing, now we got to clean up. Ooh. Really? But we was old school. You got to remember, we're. Right. I've been doing this 12 years. So I was in my 40s when I started this. We didn't have, social media existed, but it wasn't my thing and it wasn't our thing. So we were literally yeah. passing it out. So what you're going to need to do is find an outlet where you can bring people into the fold to speak about, even if you started it online, a space. Yeah. But you want to touch the people, touch their heart. You just want to touch the people. And and I would, again, yeah. I would point you in the direction of Mosh Ray because he's great at that. Yeah, that's what Mosh does right yeah, now. Mosh does it right now. And he's great at it. Yeah. Mosh has been killing it. Absolutely. I got to talk to Mosh. Absolutely. Mosh and my granddaughter like this. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe we can get Mosh to come on and talk about what he's been Absolutely. doing up in uh, I'm, I'm quite up sure in, you uh, can. His, his All you got to do is go to his uh, blackguysmatter.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Go to his website. Send him an email. Yeah. And just tap in. You don't have to like. So, like I said, his, his email there, or you can go through his social media pages and send him an email. He'll respond. There you go. So well, I appreciate you, you, that. And he'll give you yeah. some great pointers on what you could do to get it started. But yeah. like I say, basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, Maj has been killing it and you, you've been killing it. But how can people tap in with you? Are you working on anything that people can contribute to? Well, you know what? I, I know you're not a big donations person, but can people can people give to the work? Like how we've, can people We've never accepted a dime from anyone. We've never asked for anyone to give us finances. The, the moral mm -hmm. of the story here is I want someone to build a gun range in this city for the people, right? For the people. I want people to say that I gave her some money and nothing happened, right? Mm. Because it's going to take millions and millions of dollars. You know how long it'll take for somebody to donate me $6 million trying to help me in, in that manner, <laughs> right? But let's be realistic here. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not that, that, person that because I'm black and the work that we've done, I'm not going to be out here trying to grift people. You know what I'm mm. saying? Or finesse anyone. will do that. You know, that's that's people not who I that. am. So if they want to mm. help us, find your rich friend in the Second Amendment community and ask them to take the foundation that we've built, Easy Ever City of Chicago, Easy Ever City of Chicago 2, and build that gun range for the people in this great city. We have over a million people in the state with a Ford card. We have over 350,000 individuals with a concealed carry license. If you wanna 
do something different when you continuously talk about, oh, where well, they don't get involved and the black community needs to do more to get involved in firearm ownership. Build a brick and mortar facility so that they can come out and continue their firearm safety training and education. I don't have $6 million. I'm not going to try to grift nobody out of $6 million. But I will ask you to ask someone to take advantage of the work that we've done. Because I would love to be the first one with my granddaughter to walk through those doors. That's how mm. you strike a quarrel with the, with the political powers that be. You do more than win the cases. Sit that brick and mortar gun range on top of that foundation and let it work. Mm -hmm. That's work. And now it's possible because of the work that you guys Absolutely. did. So on behalf of the people who are rooting for gun rights in America and for people of, of Illinois to be able to, to take their to take their rights seriously and the people of Chicago to actually change the whole narrative. <laughs> that's what, we're rooting for you. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we have <laughs> ranges in the in the state, but we wanna set yeah. this precedent so high that not only did we win the cases, make history in the United States of America, set a precedent in cases are cited across the country, boom, there's a gun range here sitting right smack dab in the middle of, boom, mm -hmm. this city where people think people don't carry guns. And right. that's the work. People can get trained. People can Absolutely. be safe and responsible. It changes the whole narrative. It changes the whole narrative. Because then it goes from Oh, it's just a bunch of thugs carrying guns to like, hey, you know, there's responsible citizens out here. That's all I've been saying. Ready to defend their lives. I've been saying this for a very long time now. And it's time that people, I don't know what's preventing them. Um, but I will say that uh, it's welcoming if they did, you know. Mm -hmm. It would be welcoming if they did. Um, there's nothing that's stopping them. Uh, we've done that work. We've done that work and we will gladly mm -hmm. have we would be glad to have someone to uh, bring us that first brick and mortar gun range. I'm here for it. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much for coming on. Was there anything more that you needed to share before we hop on out? Uh, no, well, they could just catch me at, at MS underscore E-Z-E-L-L -L on Twitter, Rhonda Ezell at Facebook. I'm not too active on Instagram or anything like that. And um, follow our work. Uh, we we're doing yeah. the work that we're keeping our country free for I'm here for it. And on behalf of everyone here, thank you for coming on, sharing your story. And of course, for those who don't know, go to the Chicago Guns Matter uh, website. Re read about what read about what happened. Just take a look. There's some really good, quick stories, and share it. I, I think so often we get we get caught up on like is this a 60 second or 30 second video on Instagram? Share the stories, e even word of mouth, share what's already been done. Absolutely. And of course, everyone listening, watching, please share this video. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. And of course, keep it costly.